All right, we are back with another very exciting episode of The Real Couple. We are The Real Couple. I am Dallas. And I'm Paige. And we are The Real Couple. Today, uh, just like last week, we are coming at you with another... um, Listener request. Listener request. Yeah, um, this is uh, is getting exciting. I'm digging the listener requests. Me too. Yeah. Um, We watched uh, a movie that I, I like quite a lot. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I wouldn't say it's perfect, but I, I definitely dig it. This was, uh, I want to say I've probably seen this movie, it's probably my fourth-ish time, something like that. You'd seen this before. Yeah. Yeah. This is probably like my second or third time watching it. Okay. This, mm, no, probably like my third or fourth, actually. Okay. Uh, had you seen this before we got together? Yes. Okay. Um. Yeah, I know I had seen it. At least once before we got together. My uh, family rented a houseboat once, and we watched it on the houseboat trip. I had a... Was that the one you got super sunburned on? I had a devastatingly painful sunburn that that weekend. Um, Was that the only houseboat trip? That's the only houseboat trip, and easily the worst sunburn of my entire life. Yeah, it is the houseboat trip and the sunburn trip. I get sunburned on almost any sunny vacation we go on however houseboat trip was far and above the worst sunburn of my entire life i was absolutely miserable and i had really been looking to that looking forward to that houseboat trip because i love water skiing and i got burned on the back so much so that i could hardly water ski the entire weekend i think by the very very end i was able to try it once but um but at yeah. least you had some crazy, stupid love to keep you company. At least there's that, yeah. So uh, that is the movie we watched, is Crazy Stupid Love. Um, yeah, I just uh, I wanted to go on a little tangent that had nothing to do with the movie Crazy Stupid Love um, and just tell you guys that uh, I'm a very, very white man. Um, We're both basically one step above albino. Yeah, I have uh, a red hair gene. Um, I don't have red hair on the top of my head, but I do have it on the bottom of my head. So, got a red beard. Did you not like that the term bottom of gross. my head? Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. The the southern tip of my skull. How's that? Just say beard. Okay. Ew. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have red hair on the top of my head, but I do have red hair on my beard. Which is made out of red hair. There's... There's red hair on a thing made out of red hair. That sounds so much better. You're right. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Man, I should I should take more talking advice from you. You should. Man. Um, I'm real good at it. That's why I have a podcast. It, that's why you have a podcast? Yeah. Okay. Okay. I thought I was the reason you have a <laughs> good podcast. <laughs> Maybe. Um, so, yeah. We watched Crazy Stupid Love. We watched it in its entirety. And now... We're going to tell you what we think of it in three, two, one. I liked Loved it. Loved it. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks um, for listening. Yeah, see you next I time. I loved 90% of this movie. Real quick, everybody just going to take a quick second to pause. This is Dallas recording this uh, the next day. Uh, as I'm editing this, I'm realizing that something happened that really doesn't come across clearly in the audio, but if I don't tell you, you'll be lost because we keep mentioning it and so yeah at this point in the episode uh one of our alexa devices started uh talking to us from the other room and finally i tell her to shut up and she responds by telling me that she will and we thought that was pretty funny so we discussed it at length back to the episode if anyone here has i'm not gonna say her name alexa stop talking (laughs) i (sighs) so we just got interrupted by a stupid ai bitch and then when i told her to stop interrupting she interrupted by telling me (laughs) she's willing to comply (laughs) so 
I'm thinking next week we restart the Terminator series just to really have it fresh in our minds how we're going to combat the machine uprising. I digress. Again. Yeah. Um, you this like 90% of the... This ADD episode. It is. I have ADD. <laughs> I... I feel like I have enough ADD that I should be able to sell some of the excess, but I'm keeping it all. You are. I'm hoarding it. I'm an yeah. ADD hoarder. Yep. Um. Anyways, I 90%. loved 90% of this movie. Yeah, I like 69% of this movie. Ha <laughs> ha! Oh my gosh. Got him! <laughs> I'm kidding. Are uh, you? Yes. I like 420% of this movie. Ha <laughs> ha! I'm the best. Welcome to my life. Stay in school and don't do drugs, kids. Do you yeah, want to know I, what ten percent I didn't like? Um, guess what ten percent I didn't like. Is it? I'm I'm trying to connect it to the number sixty nine. I can't. You can't. Is it, is it the nude photos of the teenage girl and the boy uh, just living his life? It's literally anything involving that teenage son. Yeah, yeah. He is so cringy. Yeah. Even for a middle schooler, I feel like he is so cringy. Well, it's because, like, okay, he's cringy, yes, but the real linchpin, I don't know if I'm using that term correctly, but let's go with it. The real linchpin, the real catalyst, I'm, I know it's not catalyst. The Yeah, the word catalyst does not belong in that sentence. It's okay, words are hard. Keep going. But uh, they are. Um, that's why I have you here, to teach me how to talk. <laughs> So the the thing that just makes it all terrible, just adding gas to the fire, is how fucking dramatic he is about it all. Like, if he were to be like, I don't like the Scarlet Letter, fine. But he stands up in front of everyone as soon as a teacher's like, don't text in class. Which is very well within the right of the teacher, well within her... Uh, Teachorial boundaries. Teachorial. Yeah, yeah. Good job. Mm -hmm. I have a podcast. I'm allowed to make up words. Um, <laughs> it's well within her right, and uh, it's it's a believable thing for a teacher to do and say. And this kid flies off the handle as hard as he possibly can. He stands up and he's like, the scarlet letter, which is an A, stands for asshole, because everybody's assholes. Asshole, asshole, asshole. This is a clever monologue because I'm using the word asshole, but I'm too young to use the word asshole. And it's like... And then he sets up like a booth stage thing. Yeah, I feel like the asshole monologue and... is too much. The stage is mind-boggling that someone justified writing it into a script and then the eighth grade graduation yeah and that is some real chick flick bullshit where just a, a, a ceremony gets completely uh not debunked but like derailed derailed there it is words yeah boy wives who teach you how to talk um <laughs> <laughs> this is fun i'm having fun um it's because i put peppermint syrup in my hot chocolate tonight um <laughs> yeah i feel like that's a real chick flicky move to derail a big ceremony thing which is one or two characters going ape shit the whole time and then like the script writers are like and then all the extras sit there calmly and take it Right? Imagine being in the audience for that. Yeah. Like What what would you do? Yeah, it would just be like my kid is graduating from the 8th grade today. He's going to go on to high school or something. Well, no, cuz he's in school with kids older than him. Isn't he? Yes. Yeah. Cuz Jessica's older than him. Yeah. What? Yeah, so he's Why just was finishing he... a school year. This movie is getting worse. Okay, we need to stop thinking about this part. I guess so, yeah. The so, teenage son sucks. Yeah. Which... I like the other characters, though. Yeah. Yeah. I There are things about the teenage son that I really like. His interaction with... David Lindhagen. David Lindhagen. 
is great. His interaction with David Lindhagen is fantastic. As soon as David in the L- office, yeah. As soon as David Lindhagen sits on the couch, he raises up the seat. Really, just uses the power dynamic. Great, love it. Keep going, full speed ahead, please. Um, I read somewhere that David Lindhagen is spoken like nineteen times yeah, throughout the film. I'm kind of surprised it wasn't more. Right? Yeah. You know, not quite up there with Jellicle in Cats. Yeah, nowhere even close. Um, but I feel like that's because, like, when people say it, like, it's only, like, two people on screen saying it. Whereas in Cats, it's, like, seven people chanting it for five minutes. So, um, yeah, David Lindhagen gets said a lot. Um, what were some of your favorite moments? Some of my favorite moments, I, I, oh man, poor Steve Carell, but the man knows how to do it. Uh, getting put into like a pitifully sad situation and just having to marinate in it and then having it get worse. Uh, he, it happens all the time in the office. It's pretty much all that happens throughout, uh, 40 year old virgin. Um, and then. What's wrong? Have we abused you? No. You're acting like a letdown right now. <laughs> I don't think she understands if I pronounce it that way. <laughs> Good. Fucking idiot. Um... I'll probably edit that out, but I don't know for sure. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, uh, uh, Steve Carell is just put into these like pitifully terrible situations, and he just has to sit there and stew in it. And so, yeah, first scene, he's out at this nice romantic dinner with his wife, and his wife is like, in "I want a fucking divorce. New Balance shoes." Yeah, I. That's another thing. And like, dress pants. I feel like. The everything about his character was executed to perfection. It really was, but like there oof. are those guys who will be like, "I should dress up nice," and they'll dress up nice, but their shoes are a constant, and they're like, "Who do I need to impress with my shoes?" And so they just sort of like forget that they're there, and it's just like comfort over anything. Mm-hmm. It's it it has to be like practical above anything else it has to be a function over fashion and so yeah i i love the look and i i understand that that would be a turnoff for a wife and but i also recognize that after that long in a marriage making that sort of request of your husband could come across too much as like a personal attack and so you just never say it and so years go by and it's just like, it's taken a toll, but you don't want to tell him it's taken a toll, but it has. And so all of a sudden, like, without really realizing it, all of a sudden it's just like, oh, wow, yeah, I don't love this person anymore. And it sucks. And it's t- tragic. But I can, like, see how these two fictitious characters got to where they're at. I think that... Uh, is that one of your favorite parts? Is the divorce? Or did you <coughs> just get sidetracked? I did. Yeah, that's exactly. Yeah. Um, but just the... The concept that you put in a movie or hit play on a movie called Crazy Stupid Love. Love is in the title. And the first scene is like, what do you want for dessert? And she's like, a divorce. She's like, oh, damn. What kind of movie is this? And then you find out it's a tragedy. And then him jumping out of the car, I think is such an iconic moment. Like, as soon as, uh, on the, the, uh, houseboat trip, he jumps out of the car and I was like, I remember this from the trailers. Oh yeah, I do know about this movie. So yeah, that's great. Um, I think every moment that Ryan Gosling is on screen oh, is flat out magic. such a good job. He's so damn good. The Velcro. The Velcro reaction. The, that reaction is a great gif that I use all the time. Oh, and yeah. And I did say gif, and if you pronounce it jif, I'll kill you. 
Um, but I digress. And you'll just die. Um, <laughs> the ADD is strong tonight. I'm funny. Um, the throwing of the New Balances over the railing. The yep, yep, so good. Every time Ryan Gosling slaps him. Oh, the slaps are great. There's a moment towards the end where uh, Emma Stone sneaks up behind him while he's on the phone and like pretends to bite his shoulder and he like pretends that it hurts but he's silent about it so cute such an adorable, adorable couple yeah um i think him and emma stone's interactions are great um, oh one moment i love was when every all the shit is hitting all the fans in the backyard oh at the gosh. end of the movie yes and you just find out who David Lindhagen is, or mm. Ryan Gosling finds out who he is. Yes. And he just like gives this nod. You're David Lindhagen. Takes off a ring and just decks him. But like, as soon as he <laughs> makes the, the realization, he looks down at his hand and sees that he's wearing his ring and flips his hand to make sure almost that the ring can come off. And you're just like, okay. And he pulls it off. And goes and just decks the bitch right in the face. It's amazing. Um, I do really enjoy uh, before Steve Carell leaves. Like he's in front of the U-Haul and uh, the wife, uh, Julie? Julianne Moore. Julianne Moore uh, is trying to explain, like explain away her uh, infidelity and stuff. Mm -hmm. Just such a shitty move, but I, I realize it's almost like this weird Hail Mary for her own, um, like, mental well-being or some shit. Yeah, like just to justify it somehow. Yeah, she's, yeah. Um, and as she's talking, Steve Carell just keeps on listing off everything she needs to do for the upkeep of the yard. Like the garden and stuff, make sure you're putting down manure. There's a, a water shutoff valve in the garage. Make sure to hit that, yada, yada, yada. And so they set a precedent early in the movie that, for whatever reason, Steve Carell has a great fondness for the... the um, Yard? For the yard. For the... Um, Foliage. Foliage, thank you. For the Plant foliage in the yard. Life, yeah, if you all will. I could think of, because plants are like alive and you want to keep them alive, I just kept thinking livestock. And I was like, it's so not livestock. Get that out of here. Move on. Foliage. They don't have cows in their yard. There's not a single cow, not even one. Um they do have a miniature golf uh uh windmill. Windmill though, which they is do. odd. Um but he they set a precedent that he cares about the foliage in his backyard and so later in the movie when julianne moore starts to kind of wonder like did she make a mistake in all of this uh at that moment steve carell sneaks into the backyard to like um fertilize fertilize i think he's doing that aerating thing where like you walk on the grass in like spike shoes that yeah yeah mm -hmm. um I'm not a gardener. I don't know shit. We don't have a yard. We don't have a yard. We're, we're millennials. We're millennials in 2023. We'll never own a house unless we murder people who own a house and use theirs until the cops arrive. <laughs> but I digress. And they died. Oh my gosh. I'm on something. You are. I swear it was. What was just that in that peppermint, peppermint syrup. syrup? Syrup? Syrup. There you go. Julianne Moore is starting to wonder if she made the right choice or not. Steve Carell has just snuck into the backyard, which I feel like in any other movie, in any other story, him sneaking into the backyard and having like full view of his wife, there's no way for that to not be creepy. But He's there like for he's the plants' care benefit. Of the roses. He doesn't give a flying rat's fuck about his ex-wife. He's I don't here think for that's the roses. True. He's here well, for all of it. Okay, no, no, no. Because no, he's it, a sweetheart. That's that's not what I'm saying. That's beside the point. That's what you said, sir. I know, and I stand by it. Shut up. <laughs> uh, so, it's like if if he were there for the ex-wife, 
it's a pretty creepy scene because that's stalking. Right. But he's not there for her. He doesn't care plant about her. stalking he's, is not creepy. Yeah, it's not creepy. He's there to keep the plants alive. He's just a loving plant father. He just cares about his roses and grass. That's just a stand-up guy. And that's why he needs to be, like, quiet and sneaky about it. Because he doesn't want to be like, hey, ex-wife, I'm coming over to water Because I don't think you take care of my roses. I don't think you take care of my roses. If I were to come right out and say I don't think you're taking care of my roses, that's kind of a personal attack. And I don't want to start a fight. So I'm just not even going to... Uh, accuse you of not taking care of the plants, but let's face it, we all know you're not taking care of the damn plants. And so he sneaks in, and to be like, I'm just going to come over and do it, she'd be like, no, I'll do it. And he's like, no, I want to do it myself because I know I do it right. Yada, yada, yada. And so he comes in, but if she catches him in the backyard fertilizing plants, she'd flip her lid. There's no way around it. And so he has to be sneaky, not for the sense of being creepy stalker boy, but for the sense of, I just want to know these plants are taken care of. It's great. And then she calls and he gets to see her. And so then he knows that she's lying and he is able to just appreciate that for what it is. He's not like, oh, more lies. I, I love it. I think that's a great scene. I think it's really, really well written, well staged, well, uh, all that stuff. Well executed. It's great. Um, One funny thing we did learn yes. while we were watching. What did I learn? Um, so during the, like, dirty dancing scene where Ryan Gosling lifts Emma Stone up. Yes. Um, I had made a comment of, like, they're not showing her feet in this shot. Do you think she's, like, on a wire? Do you think it's a stunt double for at least Emma Stone? It's not a stunt double for Ryan Gosling, but... That was just something that I wondered. And then we found this little tidbit. Um, and it says, while we're, ho- while we're horsing, woof. Do you need Maybe help talking? Maybe they do have livestock in their yard. <laughs> okay, let's try it again. While rehearsing for the scene where Ryan Gosling lifted Emma Stone in the air, dirty dancing style, Stone didn't realize she had a phobia of being lifted high up until the first time Gosling did it. She had a full melt meltdown. Wow, words. Full meltdown. Who are you? <laughs> which Gosling described as like a possum falling out of a tree and trying to scratch your eyes out. I want to know <laughs> when that was said. Right? Like, at what point was someone like... Mr. Gosling, Mr. Gosling, tell us your side of the story. And he's like, it was like a possum falling out of a tree right onto your face. You know how reporters talk to Ryan Gosling and Ryan Gosling talks to reporters? (laughs) Anyways, afterwards, she ran away crying and had to lie in bed watching Labyrinth to calm down. Her phobia came from when she was seven years old and fell off the high bars in gymnastics and broke her arms. They ended up using a body double for the lift, but they did use the recording of Stone's real screams. That's another thing I want to know. At what point were they interviewing and they're like, and then what happened? She's like, and then I freaked out. And then what happened? And then I ran to my trailer. And then what happened? I watched a movie. And, well, which movie? I watched Labyrinth. Ah! Like, at what... I've never seen Labyrinth. Oh, Labyrinth is... But from what I know about it, it doesn't seem like a calming movie. No. It depends on the person. It really is one of those, like, if you grew up with it, sure, that's a comfort movie. If you did not watch, if you did not grow up with it, it's the closest thing to experiencing drugs in your adult life for someone who refuses to try drugs. Interesting. I think. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm sure there's, like, heroin addicts out there who are, like... That's not what it's like. Um, And when I say I'm sure, I'm not sure. For all I know, there's not a single heroin addict listening to our podcast. But if there there is, thanks for listening. Yeah. What do you think of Labyrinth? Or Crazy Stupid Love. Yeah. Because that's what we're actually discussing. Have you ever watched Labyrinth on heroin? Why am I waiting for a response? Uh, <laughs> I don't 
don't know. So that's a great scene when Ryan Gosling lifts up Emma Stone, not Watson. Too many Emmas in Hollywood. When I say too many, I mean two. (laughs) Because I'm not getting Emma Thompson mixed up in this. Get out of here, Nanny McPhee. But I digress. Um, (laughs) Why didn't we just call this The Digressing Show? I don't know. I do like the name Real Couple, though. Moving on. Josh Groban premiered. This was his first acting gig. What do you think of Josh Groban in this movie? He's not good. He's not good. It's kind of odd. He also just plays kind of a bitch of a character. Yeah. Like, I feel like there are certain movies, like, like at some point, Dwayne Johnson was like, I would love to try out acting. And the Mummy sequel was like, okay, here's a character with things to do. He'll, he won't be on screen very much, but when he is, he'll be there. And with this, it's just like, eh, make him the, the boyfriendish character. And so every time he's on screen, you're like, is that... I feel like I know him from somewhere else. What? Whereas I feel like with other, like, they and started in... And they didn't in... even let him sing. Yeah. Why the hell have Josh Groban in a movie if you don't let him sing? I, I, I feel like that would have been far, far worse. So at one point in the movie, uh, Ryan Gosling's character criticizes Steve Carell's character okay. for the imagery involved... When he sips his drink through a straw. Ah, uh, yes. Um, oh, yes. So at the fact. restaurant where uh, Josh Groban toasts Emma Stone, um, only Emma Stone and her friend, the Asian girl, um, they are the only two in that whole scene that drink directly from their glasses. Everybody else drinks through a straw. Yeah. Which is just kind of like, hey, everybody else in this scene's a bitch. And I agree with that. Yeah. Um, I, I will say, when you rewatch the movie, knowing that Emma Stone is, at least in her mind, dating Josh Groban, the way she talks to Ryan Gosling, I feel like she gives him a bit more hope than a girl in a committed relationship should. If that makes sense. Like the first time they talk? Yeah. Like, really? Yeah, or or maybe it's more the uh, Asian friend whose name is uh, Liz. Um, I feel like Liz has more of that like, yeah, she finds you attractive. Yeah, she wants to go home with you. You should go home with him. It's like, Liz, you know she's in a fairly committed relationship. What are you doing? So. Yeah, but Liz also knows that Josh Groban's a bitch. Yeah, who drinks out of a straw. Yeah. Yeah. That is, that is a very good point. Um, good job using that rebuttal that I gave you. Um, the final fight is phenomenal. Yes. Like we mentioned that Ryan Gosling punches David Lindhagen. There's so much more to it than that. Um, I think that like, okay, so we mentioned that the sun is cringy as hell. However... I do really like the way all of the different plot lines come to a head at the very Oh my gosh, it's so end. funny. It's so funny. And the son definitely needed to have a crush on the babysitter. And the babysitter definitely needed to have a crush on Steve Carell. Mm-hmm. I think taking the photos is so like, what? That's too much. But at the same time, I can't think of anything else that would get that her would father caused... so fired yeah. up. So it it kind of has to do that. The son, I feel like you could pull him back and still have him be that emotionally invested. Mm-hmm. So that when it gets revealed, she likes his dad and all that stuff. The son still gets really hurt. I feel like you don't have to take the son's story as far as you did, but you can still have him get from point A to point G without the weird B, C, D, E, F 
all yeah. that. Um, I just liked <clears> how everything all came together at once because as you're watching it does feel a little like disconnected it really is bizarre but then you find out that hannah is the daughter Mm -hmm. and she's dating ryan gosling and then david lindhagen comes in and then like the dad and the babysit like all of it just finally ties together and the fact that they keep calling her nana yeah, He's which great. makes you think about, like, a grandma. Exactly. Like, we need to call Nana. But then, once you find out why the name Hannah became Nana when she was a baby, she couldn't pronounce her H's, it's like, oh, I could see all of that happening. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to call my older sister Yaya before I could talk, and to this day, I'm 30, she's more than 30, and I still call <laughs> her Yaya. <laughs> you do. Yeah, and... So, yeah, the, the fact that they wrote that into a script, I'm like, that is totally Well, and her out. youngest calls her oldest, yeah. So, yeah, uh, it. I totally believe that uh, it was a nickname that stuck, that this many years later, the entire family just primarily uses that name just amongst themselves. And it they'll just sort of absentmindedly use it in front of other characters. And so Ryan Gosling never finds out that... You know, that's the twist because they use these weird names. Um, and yeah, and then the uh, babysitter's dad getting there at that moment, and the babysitter getting there at that moment, and the son being there, and, and David Lindhagen just strolling in. That's the one thing that's just like, why'd he show up? And the script writers were like, I don't know, maybe she like left her sweater in his car or something. I don't know. Because it's funny. That's why. It really is one of those like, why is he showing up? I don't know. She left some shit in his car. Okay, fine. Why would he wander into the backyard instead of just knocking on the front door and waiting? I don't know. Because nobody answered the front door. Yeah, like, you know what? This scene works so much better if he just shows up in the backyard. So suspend your disbelief. That's how it happened. Which I'm totally okay with. Totally okay with it. it. Yeah. If there was any sort of a, like someone just frantically ringing the doorbell or something like that. And finally they all go and answer it together. It wouldn't be as good. Like, no. yeah. And, and then the way Ryan Gosling punches David Lindhagen and then, uh, Steve Carell grabs him out of anger. And then the dad, the dad grabs, grabs Steve Carell. All of them. <laughs> so the babysitter's dad grabs Steve Carell and Ryan Gosling, but then David Lindhagen grabs Ryan Gosling because he just hit him. And, and Ryan time, Gosling is just standing there like, what are these old men yeah, doing? He's, he kind of understands it from like two of the people, but... But he's also fucking ripped. Yeah. And these like, old men cannot budge him. Yeah. It's this hilarious combination of uh, surprise that it's happening, confused as to what these men think they're going to do, but also just this underlying ludicrous amount of calm because he knows he's not in any danger because he's Ryan Gosling surrounded by a bunch of dads and yeah he his reaction in that whole thing is so funny um and then the cops show up and their last bit of advice is just keep it in the family Ryan <laughs> Gosling's little chuckle that like and, and then Steve Carell's deadpan, I will kill you. Everything about that moment is hilarious. And the concept that that whole coming together of like, oh, all these different players are playing all these different roles in each other's lives. It's, oh my gosh. And that all comes after the Marissa Tomei reveal. Yeah. I thought that was another reveal that was really really funny uh marissa tomei uh she's just the crazy teacher yeah she hooks up with steve carell she's kind of the first person he sleeps with after the divorce and then it gets revealed that she's uh the son's teacher who the son is freaking out in class and so parents are have to get involved yada 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 and that's all brilliant, but Steve Carell just kind of did a one-night stand, so she's pissed during the parent-teacher night, and oh my gosh, that scene is 
is funny um just in and of itself yeah um a lot of really really funny moments in this and then there are a few scenes almost entirely orbiting around the sun that just don't land well Mm-mm. um we were talking about the uh like while the scene was playing we were talking about that uh final graduation which yeah like we said it i it's not a graduation i i had a eighth grade we called it an eighth grade promotion where you're promoted from middle school to high school this clearly isn't that they just finished a grade and for some reason have this big ceremony to celebrate it it makes no sense whatever and for whatever reason the son steve carell's son is chosen to give a speech sort of like a um Oh, what's the smartest kid in class called? Valedictorian. Yeah, sort of the valedictorian He's speech. He's the salutatorian. Salutatorian, okay. Um, and so he gets up there, and instead of talking about their academic lives and, and goals and achievements, accomplishments, all that stuff, he just talks about how he got screwed over in the game of love. And it doesn't come across well, and he just starts going off on how love sucks and anyone who's in love is an idiot and they're just buying into this stupid crap and yada 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 and he just keeps going and going and as an audience it's like i i feel like the the screenwriters thought the audience would be like totally there with him because we've watched his journey up until now and it's like no there's a time and place for everything and this is neither time the time nor the place you shouldn't be saying all this but the really just unnervingly bizarre portion of the scene is just the fact that, like, the faculty are like, what's he talking about? Weird. And then, like, as he's talking about how shitty love is, Steve Carell finally has to get up, and he's like, no. And, like, then he sort of finishes the speech, and he makes a speech to the audience, and he's like, my son used to believe in love, and yada, 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 and he has had some bad experiences, and... But I want to tell you all in front of my son to believe in love. And, and it's it's such like a rousing speech for loving others and shit. But it's so weird. And, it's not that rousing. And it's trying to be rousing. It's an attempted rousing. Would you agree with that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so... The entire audience is just sitting there, just kind of straight face. But they don't even, like, play that for a laugh. Like, during the middle of this speech, just cut to a random family just sitting there staring at him. Like, what is this guy talking about? I feel like that would have been a nice, like, cut the tension sort of moment. I don't know. But this whole time, the faculty are like, we asked this kid to give a speech. He started talking about how much love sucks, which is so not what we asked him to speak on. This is getting weird. What's happening now? His father has stood up and is giving his own speech in rebuttal to the son's hatred of love? How bizarre. Still not going to stop it. Not going to lift a finger to change what's going on. What kind of faculty are you? What? This makes no sense at all. Um, and then at some point they say something and, and they have to get a reaction shot from the babysitter's parents. What? Like there's the, it really, that scene is treated as though there's about seven living people in that room and everyone else is a mannequin. Like it's, it's, so it's such a cringy, weird, dumb scene. It's not a good climax to this movie. Um, and then as soon as they like finish their speech or whatever, then Steve Carell and the son just walk away. Like that's not how any speech at that sort of ceremony happens. The valedictorian at my high school graduation did not just go, all right, here's to the class of 2011. Hooray, let's 
go show the world who's boss and we all cheer and yada 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 she didn't just walk away and go home she rejoined the audience and waited for her freaking diploma or whatever i digress um so yeah i i do highly highly recommend this movie but there are some scenes that just you may need to put it on mute um i tried to get dallas to let me fast forward through the cringy graduation scene and he would not let me because we we weren't just doing this for us we were doing it for you as an audience and specifically the audience member that requested this movie shout out to phil shout out to phil thanks for requesting this movie we love it everybody should watch it yeah it's a great popcorn film at the very least i i would i would say this is probably a chick flick but it is one of the far more watchable chick flicks out there yes yeah this is up there with uh proposal oh i love the proposal proposal's good again with a few scenes that i'm like where what is going on here this isn't needed take this out this should be a deleted scene but yeah anyways thanks for listening guys yeah thanks for listening thanks for joining us um follow us on instagram follow us on instagram what are we called the dot real dot couple that is correct um do we have any sort of like stores on the internet or anything we opened up an etsy shop we opened up an etsy shop we don't have really anything posted yet but are we uh we're working on it are we working on more designs every day yeah damn that's insane yeah that's so cool what kind of stuff do we offer at this point uh currently we have just a mock t-shirt we have a mock t-shirt that says the real couple on it Wait, so if you love this podcast and you simply want to show your support by wearing apparel out in public, you're telling me there's now an opportunity to acquire apparel, which you can wear out in public, just to show the world how much you support and love this podcast? Sure is. That's crazy. So yeah, keep an eye out for more updates on that. Yeah. It's still brand new, so we're definitely still learning. Yeah. But it'll be fun. Yeah. As you guys know, we love learning as we go. We love building the plane as we're crashing it. Um, But yeah, give us more recommendations on what else you want to hear us chat about. Give us a like. Give us a follow. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Amazon Music, and Google Podcasts. Yeah. Um, Do we know what we're watching next week? And do we want to give a hint? uh it will be another listener request it will be another listener request. we have not fully landed on which one okay but keep those listener requests coming and we'll give you a shout out if you are the one that recommends it yeah um who do you want to meet uh yeah right now just because of uh the events of the last day or so i really find myself wanting to meet uh uh, i'm not completely sure how to pronounce this name but uh ki hui kwan uh the the guy he was data from goonies and yeah best supporting actor at the golden globes for his role in everything everywhere all at once yeah so as a child actor he was in indiana jones the king uh Nope. He was in Indiana Jones <laughs> and the Temple of Doom. Uh, and then he went on to be in Goonies. And then he did very little. And he's now become pretty vocal now that he's you know winning Golden Globes and shit. Uh, for quite a few years, he worked really, really, really hard to try and get another role. He loved his, his acting experience in Indiana Jones and in Goonies and just fell in love with the craft and wanted to keep doing it and just couldn't land another role, which is so tragic. And eventually he just kind of lost hope and found other jobs he could do around movies, but not necessarily being in them, which is heartbreaking. And then finally he was cast in everything everywhere all at once and just absolutely killed it. I still haven't seen it yet. That we is, really need to watch really that need one. To. It's it's going to be up for a bunch of Oscars, so we'll definitely. We're see gonna it watch that one. Next few weeks, um, but 
Yeah, and and no one on the planet has said a single negative thing about everywhere, everywhere, all, everything, everywhere, all at once. Uh, I started watching it on a plane, and just the first couple minutes, I loved what I saw. Um, but yeah, the the last twenty four hours, I've seen so many videos of his acceptance speech, and then interviews after the Golden Globes, uh, the pre show, like the the red carpet type stuff beforehand. Every single interview I've seen with... He just he, seems very humble. He's so humble. He's so appreciative. He's very kind of Brendan Fraser-esque at this point where he had a great career years ago and then he thought that everyone forgot about him and now that he's back... And then he had a comeback. And everyone's like, uh, we didn't forget you. We, we always... We never denied that we loved your stuff from a while ago. And seeing you come back is something we didn't realize how much we wanted until we got it. And it's, and he's so appreciative of that. There's no like animosity, you know, you people forgot about me. It's nothing like that. He's, he just seems like such a sweet person. Uh, I have no idea the truthfulness of this, but I think I heard somewhere that he maybe, uh, receiving offers or conversations to maybe come into the marvel universe somehow Ooh. i would love to see that that would be awesome yeah um i think um i'm sure if uh they incorporate danny rand as iron fist into the um overall MCU? real mcu uh they could have him be like one of the masters from um kun lun, kun lun or um, I don't know. I, I would love to see him be like right in the thick of it, like interacting with a lot of people. Mm -hmm. So maybe, you know, someone tracked Danny Rand from Kunlun and now they're here in New York or whatever. I don't know, but I would love to see him take on a role in the MCU. Um, he's been very vocal about, uh, if they want to make a short round spinoff, that's his character from Indiana Jones. If they want to, have him saddle back up in that role he's totally down which holy shit yeah um i heard that that uh, d23 when harrison ford was there to really like announce and and publicize or uh, um make public that they were coming out with a new indiana jones movie he they ran into each other backstage and had like a nice reconnecting moment um but yeah he just he seems like just the best best guy and yeah, um, I would love to meet him. If if he hears this, oh my gosh, I would love to to sit down with you at some point. It'd be so great. Do you have someone you want to meet? I'm going to go with Steve Carell this week. Because, man, that man has aged like a fine fucking wine. I, yeah, mm. um, I want to meet him too. Not because of how attractive he is. I'm not going to deny that, but um, yeah. But I mean, put... Steve Carell from his office days mm -hmm. next to Steve Carell now. Yeah. So much better. Yeah. Um, I, he wasn't bad Apparently in the I office. have a thing for like silver foxes, but. Okay. Well, <laughs> sorry. I haven't gone gray. You're going to get there. In like Hopefully. 20 years. If I don't kill myself with a stupid idea before then. Um, do you support me wanting to meet Steve Carell? Hell yes. Um, I think he He's also is, hilarious. He's hilarious. He's a fantastic actor. Fantastic. You have not watched The Morning Show. I have not watched on The Morning Apple Show. On Apple TV Plus. I, I don't have... know that you would like The Morning Show. Okay. But I love it. Okay. It is a very different role for Steve Carell. So, speaking of different roles for Steve Carell, I have seen The Big Short, which kind of funny, but then there's that moment when he has to talk about when his brother committed suicide mm -hmm. that is shockingly good acting from steve carell in that moment and i've also seen Foxcatcher, which is a horrifically different type of acting from steve carell um yeah steve carell is really one of those actors that uh, found something he's really really good at and did it exclusively for a very very mm -hmm. long time and then but someone let him branch so out he's so good when he branches yeah. out yeah he really showed how 
brightly. He can shine when he branches. Um, and something uh, I I heard an interview a couple days ago where uh, the actor of Kevin from The Office said something along the lines of uh, he believes that pound for pound, Steve Carell is the greatest comedic actor right now because, um, especially on The Office, every time he would improvise, he's really good at improvising and being funny with it, but he also knows how to, every time you improvise, everything you say and do is still in line with the character and with the story of the scene. Mm -hmm. And so... He never improvises just some wacky random thing. It's always something Michael Scott would say and something Michael Scott would say on topic to what's going on right now. Yeah. And just when he really, when he laid it out like that, I was like, holy shit. Yeah, that is such a difficult thing to do. And when you look at like outtakes and blooper reels and stuff like that of different things, there are times when people some of the ad-libbed stuff is just way out there and there's no way that was going to make it into the movie because it's so off topic. It's hilarious, but it's off topic. And Steve Carell, I feel like doesn't go that far off topic. And in the office, it's not even just what is traditionally funny. It's what would Michael Scott Mm -hmm. think would be funny in this situation. And it's, Oh my gosh, he he is a phenomenally talented actor. And, oh yeah, and I feel like a lot of time, comedic skill gets underappreciated as a true skill. You know, like I agree. Like Oscars for best actor will always go to a drama. dramatic performances, mm-hmm. never comedic ones. But there is such a skill there. Um, and yeah. Um, so yeah, I totally, totally support wanting to meet Steve Carell. Yeah. Steve Carell. Mm -hmm. If you ever hear this, if anyone ever, um, tells you about this, please. We want to meet you. We want to meet you. You're, you're damn good at what you do, kiddo. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Stay tuned for next week for our next episode. Yeah. Have Um, a great night or day. Or whenever you're listening to this. Have a great time. Yeah. Have a great life. And, um... Bye! Bye!